Welcome back to the Project Gen X podcast. I am one of your hosts, Alan Smith, along with... I'm the other guy, Big Dave. And, uh, you know, Project Gen X, we here try to, you know, really incorporate a lot of Gen X. Sometimes we get, you know, a little newer <laughs> with stuff, and we'll talk about, you know, current things that are going on. Sometimes we just ramble. Sometimes we ramble, but we always try to, you know, do it from a Gen X perspective. Well, I think that we can't be very much more Gen X than our topic today. <laughs> I, I was the one who brought this one to the Dave table. Dave did bring this to the table. Uh, there must have been some synergy in the air because I had actually thought about this movie a couple months. <laughs> ago of like man you know but we're going to be talking about uh, was it the 1987 movie is that right to come out in 87 88 uh, I think it was maybe right. it was 89 the book came out in 85 the, back, the book came out in 85 we're so talking about yes, less 87 87 we're talking about the movie less than zero less than zero and the reason why I said 87 is I remember that, that that's the opening when they're graduating they said they say the class of 87 so I mean I yeah. guess it could have come out in 88 you know you, you never know how they you know, well do it, that it, stuff. it so, actually is 87 yeah it did so. come out okay um Less than zero, all about privileged kids with problems. <laughs> this, this is somebody. It, it's almost a nihilist movie. Man, it is. The book is definitely nihilist. The, the, the book is very nihilist. Um, and as bad as the movie was, the book was that much worse. Right. The if you haven't seen the movie, it is about. Um, it's about three friends. Uh, do you have? Um, do I have the list? Yeah. Everything. It's 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 what Julian it Blair me... and it's Julian Blair and Clay and Clay. Okay, uh, played by um, uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Julian. You've got uh, Jamie Gertz as Blair, Blair, and, and then you have Andrew McCarthy. Andrew McCarthy is James Spader. James is Spader also. plays Rip in this. We'll get to him in a minute. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's really, like I said, it's set in that California <clears throat> mid-80s yuppie. These old kids all live in the Beverly Hills they, area. Yes, they, they, they all come from money. And downtown. Yes, it is very, it's very much sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And, it's, it's, and we get into a lot of the drugs uh, in this thing. Very much. And it, it's, a, it's a really good movie. Uh, I had not watched it this is the first time i'd watched it in a while like i hadn't seen it yeah, in quite a while it had been a while for me and also. it was funny it was funny rewatching this how some of the scenes that i remember in this i remembered them just slightly different yeah just slightly not i mean like it's like oh no no there's the there's the uh the scene with them making out in the middle of the street and all the motorcycles come down and yeah. i was like but i remember it being just a little different <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and and really, I remember the pacing of this movie being a little different. Like better? The, yeah. <laughs> the, the acting in this is a little stiff. Oh, uh, okay, look. Except for Julian. Here, no, here, here's the thing. There are two really spectacular performances in this movie. There's one passable, and there's one where I was just going, what in the world were they thinking? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is Julian. Yes. Is great. James Spader as Rip is, is great. great. Andrew McCarthy as um, Clay. Clay is passable. Yeah, and I don't know what Jamie Gertz was thinking in some I, of this stuff. Like she's not, she's not acting. She's just kind of like spouting off lines with no emotion. No, I mean, well, like there's nothing to I, it I, whatsoever. I had a little different take on okay. it. That that's actually that character. I mean, she is that shallow, um, paper thin. Had needed somebody to actually take care yeah, of her. Those line readings are rough, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying they were awesome. I know, I know. I'm just saying I think maybe she was playing into that character. You know, I, I'll tell you one of the things from the very first of watching watching this movie. I'm kind of sitting there. I'm like, okay. Well, first off, none of them look like they're fresh out of high school. I no. mean, that's. I mean, we're literally we're talking about kids who are like 18, 19 years old here, and they all look like they're in their late twenties. Yes, yes, they do. <laughs> they, they no ifs, ands, buts about it. Which I think Robert Downey Jr. was actually. I mean, because he was young. People forget how young he was when he got into acting. Yeah. So he would have been probably in his early twenties somewhere when when this movie was released. Uh, the other two, you can definitely tell, are older. <laughs> But one of the things that I 
Oh, and especially James Spader. Oh, yeah. James Spader st- like stands out. Well, like he, the, he was he was never a high school kid. That's true. He's someone else. He, he was yeah. he was the local drug dealer. Mm-hmm. You know, so he he could have been in his early twenties and yeah, been, yeah, been the dealer true. for the whole school. The I kind of sat there and watched this the other night, and it was like almost from the beginning, not from the very beginning, but once he comes back to Beverly to California. Yeah. Which, do they ever say it's actually Beverly Hills? No, they. Well, don't. Well, here's the thing. But you can tell from it is where they're at the the where they where they filmed the graduation that high school that's yeah. Beverly Hills High School. Yeah. Which is where they filmed Beverly Hills 902 and Note. They yep. filmed Buffy the Vampire yep. Slayer. They they filmed they filmed a bunch of stuff there over the years and you can always tell. You can always tell cuz it's got that um uh what's the word I'm looking for? That art deco like the the uh, the the clay ceiling or the clay roofing tiles, yeah. you know, and all that kind of stuff and uh you can really you can tell you know, it's got that big it's got that big um, stairway that comes down the you know the outside of one of the buildings you know and yeah. you've seen it in all kinds of stuff. Um, it, but well, actually, uh, where was it? I saw this. Um, Anyways, what I was going to get to, I, I can't find it. What I, I was going to get to is I kept I kept sitting there going, okay, even in seeing what I did about you know. The, the the care like the the acting yeah and the performances I kept thinking especially once he once Clay comes back to uh, Beverly Hills I'm kind of like who would have been better in this role like Andrew McCarthy is, is serviceable but for some reason he just doesn't feel realistic in that role like it should have been someone else from that era maybe I don't know because. He's the only one that got away from there. Yes. And went out east. Right. And went to school. And and then came back to a huge mess six well, months he, later. Because well, the thing is, is there's only a six-month jump between... He, he had actually been back once before at Thanksgiving. Right. Where he found out yeah, that, that Julian, Julian and, yeah. and, um, and Jamie... Um, not Jamie. No. Uh, <laughs> already can't remember her name. Uh, no, it is Jamie. It's Jamie. Uh, her name Blair. is Jamie, Blair. Blair. Yeah. Her name is Jamie. Is Jamie Kurtz. Blair. Blair. Yeah. Um, found out that they were actually sleeping. Together. Right. Right. Which and you know he, he was going to go back east and stay out east. Right. Right. And and um, it's also funny to, to take into account what their ages are supposed to be and some of the conversations they're having. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you would have those conversations, but at the same time, I'm going stupid kids. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> As we all were, I know. But uh, oh, believe me, believe me, I was there too. But it's a the, but he's he's gained a different perspective from being out east. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't. I feel like he should have been more. I think a di- I think if you'd put maybe, I think Rob Lowe would have been good in that well, role. Well, the problem is you you put Rob Lowe and Robert Downey Jr. In those scenes together, and I, I can get got, it because because McCartney or McCarthy has a a different a different vibe. Like yeah, he, he definitely has. You know, uh, you know, uh, Julian is this big, larger than life. You know, right. like you know, he 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 is like the party, more and, subdued, and Clay is more, more subdued. Now, back. now Rob Lowe could play that. He can, but the vibe is kind of the same as Robert yeah, Downey Jr. I guess because of the. Let's be honest. And Andrew McCarthy was nowhere near as um, good looking as Robert Downey Jr. I mean, he's a good looking guy, but he's not yeah. on that same level. And if you put a Rob Lowe in there, all of a sudden Rob Lowe is the best looking guy in the room. But it was <laughs> it was also obvious that what about okay what Andrew about? McCarthy had actually read the book right, and Clay's character in the book was very. Have you read the book? I have read. You the have book. it. Okay. Well, it, good. That's it, it, what a train wreck that oh, is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and it was well, written by a nineteen-year-old kid. Well, it's 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 um, what's his name? Um, Hold on, I've got uh, it right here. Shoot, uh, Brett Easton, uh, Brett Easton Ellis. Yeah. Who wrote? Who has written several, including a sequel um, to this? He wrote American Psycho. Yep. Uh, which I've never never heard. He also wrote the Rules of Attraction. Which did you ever see that movie? I didn't. Um, that it, it's kind of 
this, this, but in college, yeah. you know, in a lot of ways. Well, I so. mean, he also did Imperial Bedrooms, right? Which was the sequel to this, okay. which had all the same. Characters. Which is funny that they never. I'm surprised they never made made that movie. Well, it was, he was actually searching for a production deal, okay, um, to get it done, okay, and it just evidently never panned out. If you notice, both movies are or both books are actually named after Elvis Costello, right? Songs. Right? Yeah, that's yeah, there. There's that's, so. I didn't know that that because I, I, I like Elvis Costello, so I know the song yeah. Less Than Zero. You know, uh, you get that quite a bit with movies being or yeah. books being named after song titles. You know, um, um, and, and, and you know, and that's fine because I've done the same thing. You know, so and um, he was actually trying to help Quentin Tarantino um, get the rights from Fox to remake okay. Less Than Zero, but it's never ever panned out. I don't out. know. I don't know that you could make this that movie in this environment. Oh no, you totally could. Well, see here, and, and, and let me let me explain what what I mean here is that, and I think you could actually make it truer to the book. You because, could, you might, because Ellis actually hated the movie. He said it had he's he's softened softened with time, right? But when a movie came out, he hated it. He said it has absolutely nothing to do with the book. Other than the name of the movie and the characters, that that happens quite a bit. I've said the same thing about Jurassic Park. Yeah. Okay. It's. I mean, the honestly, book the book great. the book of Jurassic Park is amazing. The movie is what it is. I know people love that movie, and I'm not taking anything away from its special effects. It's, but it's not. It's like from having read that book yeah. to seeing that movie, and I finished reading that book like two like a month before the movie was released. And it was one that was like, oh, this is going to be so awesome. And I came away. Everybody around me is like, oh, this is so amazing. I'm like, what is this crap? Yeah, <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't hold up to the book. But anyway, uh, the, the thing that I was going to get to, the reason why I say that I don't know that you could, you could do this movie today has nothing to do with any subject matter or any of that kind of stuff. I think it's just the overall vibe would be different because whatever movie studio decided they wanted to do this movie, like this remake would lean into the 80s of it all way too much you know it would be it would literally be one of those things where it's like oh look here's the jordash jeans oh look here's the blah oh look here's maybe, the blah oh, maybe yeah. not i and mean it, it, i just if, if quentin gets a gets a hold of it yeah quentin's yeah. done some interesting things with it's some true. other it's things true. and i mean this leads right over into you know the kardashian paris hilton but I don't um, want to see an updated that. movie of this, though. Like a, like well, a, a, no, a 2021 I, version of it or whatever. You know, it's like I I would want to see it set in its time, but don't do like so many movies do yeah. that, are, that are period pieces where they hit you over the head with everything. Yeah, I mean, he would have to be... I really hate to use the word tasteful with this content yes. because this content... The, the movie doesn't hold a candle to the book. Look, in its that's nihilism. happened so many times. Like... One of I mean, one of my favorite book, movies. Rip has a twelve-year-old girl chained to a bed as a sex slave. Nice, and I can see why they didn't put that in the movie. Yeah, you no, know, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> but everybody's standing around watching, just watching, right. and not doing anything about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the kind of crap that went on right, in the book. Right. You know, that's um, one of my favorite movies. Like when we did our our, you know, some of our favorite movies podcasts yeah. over here. You know, one of mine was. Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah. That was based on a short story written by um, Truman Capote. Yes. Holly Go Lightly in that story, they could, especially in 1961, they could have never put on film. No. And I'm really kind of surprised they haven't tried to go back. And now I think a lot of people will be really upset because I, I would... I would wager most people who have seen that movie have never even read the book. Read the book, you know, yeah, the, sto- the story. It's a story. It's actually, a story, it's, yeah. it's not even. It's not. It's not even a hundred pages. So I mean, it's one of those things where it's not even a novella. You know. Uh, so, but I mean, it, I don't understand how people didn't know what was going on with it being a Capote. Yeah, I know, you know I, exactly. You know, and it's but it's one of those things that like they could never have put that version of, of any of the characters for that matter on film. Yeah. And so they cleaned them all up. Yeah. A lot. And um, and well, only it's hinted like, at a few things. So. Well, it, it's like it's like with Stephen King's It. Mm, I mean, there's scenes. Let's, let's be honest. We all knew. We all know what scene you're talking about. Yeah. And it's one of those things that, like, 
when they did the, especially they were never going to do that in the the nineties, the the, te- the miniseries version of it. No, but I kind of with some of the stuff they 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 approached in this these two newer movies, I was yeah. like, are they going to go there? And they <laughs> thankfully didn't. they did, yeah, because nobody wanted to see that. I no. mean, that is well, there's some sickos out there that probably wanted to see it, but oh. nobody wanted to see that scene filmed. No, um, but. I mean, it's it's that type of thing, right? I I understand that completely. But so I guess we now that we're fifteen minutes in, yeah. we've talked about everything except the story itself. Well, I mean the the book had one extra character. It's actually about four friends. Okay, movie they've kind of wrapped up two characters into Julian. Okay, um, totally. Um, they've obviously loosely based it on the book. Mm-hmm. And they've cleaned it up mm-hmm. as as much of a train wreck as this story is. They've actually cleaned it up from the book. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Very much, especially so. in '87 standards. I mean, like, oh yeah. These days, they could probably film a lot of that. Not maybe the one that you were just telling me about, but they yeah. could film a lot of the other stuff. But they in '87, I mean, no, they would have still cleaned up a lot. Nobody's so. nobody wants to see any of that garbage. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I mean, that's not going to make it to celluloid or. Um, flash drive right, at this point right. hard drive but and Netflix definitely wouldn't even go I don't know with cuties they might have but it's oh. <laughs> the reason why I no longer have Netflix so. yeah uh, I mean that's that's ridiculous yeah so you get into the movie and you've got three friends they graduate and I want to okay let me ask you this since you've read sure. the book yeah the first 10 minutes of this movie feels very truncated. Like it, it, they took a lot of stuff and just jam packed it into a small amount. The graduation scene doesn't, doesn't happen. Anymore. Okay. Um, basically what happened is the studio pulled together a test audience. Of course. The test audience, it did not, um, didn't well. like, right. Yeah. And so they put, they said it was too dark and mm-hmm. they didn't like any of the characters. So they put the graduation scene okay. on the front end of the, of the movie to show these three friends in better times, right, and that and they are actually are kind of likable people, right, and so then you can tear them apart, and right, yeah, that's like you got to put them on a pistol, pedestal, pedestal before yeah, you can pull down. them down. I know, yeah, that um, so. that just like that that has every time that I'd seen, I'd always thought, man, this 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 first ten minutes until he gets back to California, it all feels like it's okay. We're just setting up what's going to happen and here, and I'll we're doing also it very say quickly. It's been a very long time since I've read the book, okay. so. Um, but you basically have Clay, Blair, and um, Julian. Uh-huh. They're good friends. Um, Clay is Blair is actually supposed to go east with, with Clay, right? And she completely backs out, right? Because and Julian's dad is going to give him money to start. He he's getting his dad's giving him money to start his own record label, right? And it was um, Tone Deaf Records, yeah, is Tone what he Deaf it, Records. Yeah. Um, Blair decides not to go east because she's just now getting all the good modeling jobs. Right. And she's scared. Right. And that's ultimately what it comes down to. She's yeah. scared is what it is more than anything. And so Clay just packs up and goes east. Right. To do his thing. And I don't even remember what it was he was studying. Maybe economics or I something. I don't remember I don't off the top say. of my head. I, I, I didn't catch any. I mean, honestly, it was kind of because, again, it is, it's kind of like that the first 10 minutes is like bullet points. Yeah. This is this happened, this happened, this happened, yeah. this happened. Now here we are. And it's like. And uh, in, in the midst of the story, you find out that he came home for Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. um, found them in bed together right. at the loft. Mm-hmm. And he goes back east. He's not planning on coming back. And. He gets woken up with a phone call, and it's Blair right. going, are you coming home for Christmas? I, I want to talk to you over Christmas. Please come home for Christmas. Right. And he wasn't planning on going home for Christmas, right. and he didn't really have anything to stay, say to her, and she, he he packs up and goes home. Right. And then we, got, we find out that she wanted him to come back, yes, but Julian's in some real trouble, and yeah. that's kind of her trying to get him to come back to help there but she's got her own problems too so. yeah but i mean the the first scene that really grabs me mm-hmm. is he gets out of the t- out of the cab mm-hmm. walks into his parents house and is greeted by nobody yep there is nobody home the house is completely empty mm-hmm. he grabs some jelly beans yep. and walks out and gets into his classic it's a 61 corvette yeah is what it is. it's a beautiful car Beautiful car. Beautiful car. But the, the fact that this 
spoiled brat of a kid has a 61 mm-hmm. Corvette that's just his. It's just been sitting around waiting for him to come home. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, eh, well, you know, that's, yeah, eh, well, you know, 80s excess, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and he immediately drives over to a party. A party. Yeah. And I love, like, the aesthetics at this party where there's televisions everywhere. And They're being videoed yeah, as they it's walk very, in. It's very MTV, honestly. It is very it, MTV. It's very you know? MTV and very Max Headroom. Yeah. Now, the, the one of the, the couple of characters I want to talk about here for a second is that, and, and they're, they're, you see them over the yeah. course. There's these three these three girls. They keep showing up. They keep showing up. Every every party scene they go to, they're there and they're doing coke and they're talking about this and that and whatever you know type stuff. Yeah. And you kind of get the sense that Blair is friends with them. They're kind of like her girl group, but they're they're not. They're yeah. It's like I think they're more like friends out of convenience than anything. Yeah. Uh, you know, we all have those friends, you know, where it's like you go someplace, you run into them, and and you wind up hanging out with them all night, but then you might not see or talk to them for like six months or so, you know, or or a few weeks or something, and then you, like yeah. you wind up at the same place again, like oh yeah, I haven't seen you since then, and and you all leave, and you're like yeah, we'll get together and hang out, and you never do, it's, you know, it's that's the party uh, friends, yeah, it's the ones much. you only run into at parties, right, or at the bar or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah whatever, wherever it is that you hang out, yeah, that you, you have those 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 friends that are there. They're always there, and then they're nowhere else in the rest of your life. Right. And that's kind of what these girls, you know, seem yeah. to be like. Um, I don't know. Are they in the book? Are they any more fleshed out than like, they are? In the, it starts to get kind of hazy. Hazy. Okay. I, I, I kind of flipped through an electronic copy to kind of, to yeah, kind of try yeah, to yeah, refresh, yeah. but I didn't have time to sit down and that's, re- that, re- that read it That makes sense. Um, it's, it's probably been... It's probably been a decade since okay, I've read yeah. this book. So um, this is one of those books that has always kind of been on my periphery of like I really need to get around to reading it. One of these because again, it's the Brady Ellis of it all. You know, yeah. like you start looking at. I am not a fan of the movie American Psycho, like so many people are. Like no. I've seen it one time; it did not appeal to me. I'm just. I like, think I turned I, it off like halfway know, through. It just, everybody says the book is so much better than that movie well, it's, and I'm like it's all true right. nine times out of ten yeah well sometimes um yeah you're right I mean there there are the rare exceptions where the movie's better than the book there yeah. are um but it is one of those like that one and and, and the rules of attraction is another one that I, that's been on my radar for a long time you know I like that movie well enough I, but, I read this book because somebody handed it to me and says you need to read this and so I read it, and I was like, right. "Yeah, okay, that's that's a train wreck." And, that's and kind I, of I was going to say, I will also admit, I have a real penchant for uh, train wreck stories. Yeah, I mean, I really do. Like whether it's whether it's books or movies or music or whatever it is. I mean, it's right. like for whatever reason, I've always just had a penchant for that stuff. Of okay, let's see how bad this gets. Yeah. You know. Uh, so of course, I also kind of lived my life that way for a while. So. <laughs> so when we, I was in my twenties, we, <laughs> we get to the party, and he immediately runs into Rip. Yes, and Rip is like, "Hey, you know, what, what can I do for you? What do you need? What do right. you need?" And Clay's and he like, hands him a vial of coke. He like, puts it in his pocket. His, well, his no, breast he, pocket. he didn't put it in his breast pocket at first. He's like, "No, I don't really do that yeah, stuff." That's and right. he goes, "Old habits, habits are just right. old habits." Until you know, yeah, that's true. Hey, I, one, the the one that stood out there, um, but you never seen he use says the coke. something. No. Well, that's yeah. Obviously, Clay is not. He's he doesn't he's that's not his thing. You see him, you know, drinking champagne from here yeah. and there and that kind of stuff, you know, and that kind. Of, but you never see him do drugs. You never see Rip do drugs either, which is typical of drug dealers. Yeah, they're like, now nah, I'm staying away from this stuff. What are you talking about? You yeah, know? Um, it's kind of like tech entrepreneurs that won't let their kids have you know Facebook pages or Instagram pages or phones or any of that kind of stuff. You, you know, don't <laughs> use your own product exactly. Uh, but it's. Um, it, one of the things he said in this exchange that Rip says, or, or um, Clay asked him, says something about what happens to old drug dealers, and he said, "Oh, they wind up in jail playing. Um, was it, they wind up in jail playing uh, tennis with uh, CEOs or yeah. something like that?" You know, and it's like that's kind of true. You know, yeah. especially at that time period. You know, it's like you would, depending on how much uh, the, the the drug laws at that time were a lot stricter than they are now. Of course, we're yeah. also talking about cocaine. So that I think it's still, since it's a schedule, it's a uh, schedule. Um, is it a schedule one? I don't, schedule, remember. I don't remember. It's, it's considered much harder than if you get caught with pot or something like yeah. that, you know? Um, 
So well, it's one of those in, things that if, if you've got a large quantity of it on you, you're going to jail for a long time and yeah. not seeing sunlight during, you well, know. In the book, you find out Rip is actually a trust fund baby and actually makes the comment. I kind of figured that. So. I don't think my trust fund is ever going to run out. Yeah, yeah. So he's basically funding his drug empire or got started with his drug empire from his trust, from fund. His trust yeah. fund. Hey, <clears throat> entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. <laughs> he saw a supply. Yeah. Or he saw a demand. He created the supply. And, you know, it's yeah. a... <laughs> And Rip is the one who tells him that Blair is upstairs. Yes. And um, we find out, you know, that he goes and, you know, he they kind of reconnect. But she's kind of being aloof. and, and But she keeps telling him that Julian is. You got to talk to Julian. Talk to Julian. Julian's in trouble. Blah, blah, blah. He's, in, he's now, in a lot of trouble. I love the exchange that happens between Julian and Clay when they meet for the first time afterwards. Yeah. You know, because, because Julian's like. Are we still mad about this? Is this still? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's been a month. <laughs> yeah, and he also acts like if you're going to hit me, just go ahead and do it. You know, it's just yeah. kind of like, hey, I, I deserve it. I deserve it. Yeah. You know, this is a uh, which is one of the things I got to give that character. He recognizes his problems. He says, "Okay, I deserve that. This is you know." And yeah. now he takes responsibility for it, but he has he takes none. He does nothing to. Um, Fix the problem is his problem. He takes responsibility for it, but he does no apology whatsoever. Mm-mm, mm-mm. There's no yeah. I oh, did we've it. all we've all known those people. He's like uh, sometimes yeah, they sit at the same table with you. you know? yeah, I did. <laughs> I'm talking about me. <laughs> okay, I was about to. We we're about to have a fight here. Uh, I beat you to the punch. Is what it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have very much, and especially if Corey were on here, he would be like, yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> of I'll take responsibility for that. You're not getting an apology. Yeah. Um, it's like, yeah, I did nah, that. Yeah, I did it. Do what you got to do. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, as the movie progresses, you find out how bad of a problem Julia's in. Yeah. He's borrowed well, 50 grand. Well, that's just from Rip. That's just from Rip. We don't know about everything else because the thing is, his parents or his dad has kicked him out of the house. Yep. Like, wants nothing to do with because him whatsoever. Because he knows of his drug problem. Right. Also, because we get a little information dump from um, from uh, Blair, yeah. where she says, you know, that the the record deal went sideways and he kind of spun out of control and 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 all this stuff. And so he's been trying. His dad cut him off, and he's trying to he he's been trying to find like he's it, when we when we run into him, he's trying. He's getting wants to get into the nightclub business. There's a, there's yeah. a club that has recently closed that he wants to reopen, and. That was the whole that the fifty grand was supposed to be for that. But we but, know as far as he, drug, but, which is funny problem. because he, which is funny because like he borrowed the fifty grand from Rip for for the club, the club. But Rip has also been supplying him this entire time, which yeah. means he was building up. Even he, he owes, he definitely owes a lot more than fifty grand in this yeah. situation. Uh, and of course, from the very beginning, when we see the two of them interact, he's asking about the money. Rip is asking about the money. You yeah. know, and you know that 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 is that's a check that's going to come due at some point and you it know? comes due in a very bad oh, way man. it uh um i don't know that do we want to like go through the entire i mean basically things just keep accelerating accelerating to the point to where like no like julian is just messed up all the time and he is he's stoned all the time and blair or not blair excuse me rip has sent billy his 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 muscle, muscle to, to yeah. find you know and that's whenever they really start realizing how bad it is yep. his dad won't let him on the property any longer he, he thought that he had the money for the club he keeps he keeps telling rip once i get this club it's not going to be a problem yeah and he went to his uncle his i guess it was his, his dad's, dad's brother, brother yeah. to get the money and who gives him a bump yes that was a, he agreed to he agreed to the money to give him the money yeah, and then they're like, like hey you want to bump yeah sure let's go to my office you know it's like yeah which is very indicative of the of this era of the 80s yeah. you know i mean this was cocaine was huge if you don't believe me watch any movie or television show from this time <laughs> miami vice yes miami I, I, vice. if nothing else miami vice that whole but show I mean, was about cocaine oh I mean, yeah exactly and that's because that's what Let's be watch, honest. Watch the movie Blow. Watch the movie Heat. You Cocaine know, built Miami. Let's be honest. I mean, that was well. Uh, that, that, the drug is, chain. The Miami drug, is built on a foundation of kilos. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's yeah. that's it, that that has been the port that 
all the drugs that come through for decades, all yeah. the way back into the 60s, you know, or probably longer than that. But it's, that is, yeah, the 80s, the 80s were fueled by cocaine. <laughs> There's no ifs, ands, buts and about funds. it. Yeah, and and the two went hand in hand. I mean, it was just like, yeah. watch Wall Street, watch any number of, uh, what was the one, uh, Bright Lights, Big City. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, and there was, there, and again, Bright Lights, Big City with um, Michael J. Fox was based on the book. Yep, and all of these books are about the drugs in Cal. I mean, that, that every single one of them about you know the drugs that that or that it, all this stuff that's going on underneath what you see. You I know? feel like at this point we should probably insert that clip from um, cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was thinking about the one from um, um, Almost Famous. Don't do drugs. Don't yeah, do I know. Drugs. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah that's uh, yeah. don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's that's pretty funny. Or but, the or uh, or Russell. I'm on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at this point, we find out it's bad enough. Yeah. that Rip is pimping mm-hmm. Julian out as a male prostitute. Yep, and, and he's blowing people for blow. Yep, quite literally. Pretty, quite literally, this is a. And uh, and it's it's a it's a sad situation, it's a very sad situation. Yeah. Now, the other thing we have to remember with this, let's step outside the movie for a minute. Robert Downey Jr. If we have anybody that's listening to this that's under the age of let's say thirty or yeah. thirty five, probably doesn't remember all the trouble that Robert Downey Jr. had through the late eighties and into the, all the way through the nineties and into the early two thousands. Even jail time, jail time, all kinds of rehab. I mean, yeah, there were all kinds of stories. You know, there was one of them like what he was. Somebody found him in the guest bedroom, like some like random person. Like yeah, he had broken in. He broken in the house and was asleep in their guest bedroom. You know, and I mean, just time after time after time. You know, he. He lived that lifestyle. He he absolutely did. You know, it was one of those things. Uh, him and Sarah Jessica Parker were engaged to be married at one yep. point, and she wound up leaving him because of his drug problems. Yep. And you know, I remember kind of his. He was really kind of untouchable for a good part of the '90s in Hollywood because they were like, "He's too much of a risk. He's too volatile. Yeah, yeah. It's like we, the we insurance can't, can't get him. You know, that kind of stuff." The thing that brought him back that kind of was like his, no pun intended, his rehabilitation yeah. was when he got that the gig on Ally McBeal. Yeah. And that was kind of the, uh, and I remember at the time seeing like entertainment reporters and stuff like questioning why they were doing this. You know, why does he keep getting well, chances? Why does he get, it's like, cause he's a good actor and people want to see him succeed. Yeah. You know, it, it's not just, oh, let's just throw him away. And, and, and we get into the point of can people change? Right. Can you change your trajectory and can you become a better person? When Robert Downey Jr. was first, when they first cast him as Tony Stark, like when that was first announced. I was like, that's amazing. That is perfect. That is perfect. Like even before, I mean, I, I, I was like, no, dude, he's a great actor. Yep. And what we know from the character of Tony Stark, having his alcohol issues and stuff like that. Yep. He will have a little bit of pathos into this of how to how to play this thing, you know. Yep. And um and he was been and it's one of those things that you know he had at that point had been sober for a few years. Now they they there was a lot of speculation like can we trust him for this because yep. he he was still only a few years past like even like he wound up leaving Ally McBeal after like two seasons because he went back to jail again because he relapsed. Yeah. But ever since that time, as far as we know, he's been, you know, we're talking about early 2000s for almost 20 years now. Yeah. You know, he's been, he's been sober, you know? Um, and so it's one of those things like, okay, it's great to see that he had this, you know, he did change. He did get his act together and, and got back in it. But it, it really is watching this movie, knowing yeah, everything that he would go through over the next decade and a half, basically, from when this and also finding, you know, us finding out that that had been going on. Like I said, he was really young when he went to Hollywood. You oh know? yeah. Well, yeah. I should say his dad, Robert Downey Sr., was a director. Yes. And he'd starred in a bunch of his dad's movies, and it was a lot of like low budget, you know, like B flick, you know, a lot of a lot of like TNA movies and stuff. You know, I mean, it was it was a lot of like underground stuff. You know, he he was kind of in that. He was kind of in that, um, uh, what's his name? 
did pink flamingos um um and hairspray and um um, um, um waters um <laughs> I can't believe I can't pull John, this. John Waters. John Waters, yeah. You know, that that kind of, you know, that, that kind of underground, you yeah. know, a, a lot of that type stuff. Uh, and so... It, it took me a minute to I know. I was, like, I was like, I give the Waters. I kept thinking Roger. I was like, no, I'm not talking about Pink Floyd. You know, it's like... <laughs> that, was, that was two episodes ago. Let it go. Yeah. Uh, but, um, but, yeah, you know, so we kind of came from, you know, that yeah. era of stuff, you know. And so he had been around for a long time. So I, I'm pretty sure he was exposed I mean, to all people, this stuff. Most from, people forget he was in Weird Science. Most people forget he was on SNL for a season. Well, that's back true. in the, the early '80s, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he was. But he's been a lot of stuff over the years. I mean, if you start going down his his uh, filmography, it's just like wow. Yeah. Um, you know, Jamie Gertz is probably best known for this and the Lost Boys. Yeah. Now she also, you know, she was in Twister. Yeah, you that's know, she true. was the fiance. I'd forgotten about she that. She actually, you know, in the in the late nineties and into the, the early two thousands, had kind of a career because she was on that television show. Um, it was a sitcom. What was the name of it? Uh, it, and it had the guy from uh, the Full Monty, the big guy. Um, uh, you got me on that one. Hold on. He broke out the magic witch box, folks. Well, I think I'm... Did you break the magic witch box? I think that I... Uh, Don't break the magic witch box. Jamie Gertz. Here we go. You end up cursed. Uh, Twister. Still Standing. That was the name. It was like four seasons long or something like that. I don't even remember that show. It had... Uh, the guy that was in it was uh, Mark Addy. Have you seen The Full Monty? No. Okay. Well, he's been... Okay. Uh, I know you've seen um, uh, A Knight's Tale. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 he's yeah, in yeah. that. Okay. He's the. Okay, he's yeah, the. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. The big guy. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. It, it was. The, there's were, a big guy. We all love being called. <laughs> yeah. You know that big guy. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. We love uh, that. That we the, just the big British guy. You know. We just <laughs> love that. That it makes us all feel so warm and I know, fuzzy I know. inside. But so it's um, it, it's one of those like you know the, she had like a kind of a career you know and she's yeah. popped up here and there you know different stuff she's been she's been she's acted ever since you know it's oh, not yeah. like you know. Uh, but yeah, her the two big movies that she did, you know, iconic eighties movies, you know, Less Than Zero and, and The Lost Boys. So um, should we talk about some of the other folks that are in this that some people are not going to remember? Like like Anthony Kiedis and Flea were in this. Really, they were the, part of the musicians that were in, in that band. That, that was does not surprise me. I will say this: I did not pay. I didn't catch their catch them in it so. brad pitt is in this uncredited oh that's one of his, me it's either. one of his first roles yeah. he was uh one of the party goers he was the preppy guy at the fight okay so yeah that yeah. doesn't surprise me because again if you go back and look at some of the like the really small roles that brad pitt had yeah. over the year like oh he was in oh he was in that wow he was in but that you brad, know? brad pitt was in this okay, uncredited cool. that's pretty awesome so let's talk about something very important with this movie oh let, let's let's before we do let, let's spoiler alert this movie ends the only way that this can end. Yeah. Which is, you think Julian's got his stuff together, and then he hasn't, and so they're driving. He just, you know, they're, they're trying to get him well, out of the city. There was a party in Palm Springs. Yeah. It's evidently an annual party that yep. everybody goes to. Right. And he's gone down there to tell Rip that he's done. He's going to clean up. He'll right. get him the money any way he can. And then of course they're like, Oh, but I've got some here. And, and Rip immediately gives him a nose full. Right. And puts him in a room blowing a dude. Yep. Yep. And they come and they pull him out of that yep. and they take off. There's a fight. They take off and they're driving and they're in, um, Oh, where is it? They're, in, they're in the desert where they've got all the, it's that, um, where they've got all of the uh, wind, the, the windmills, the windmills, you know. The anyway, it's not Barstow. Is no, it? I can't remember. Yeah. Anyways, they're driving, and um, Julian like puts his head on on Clay's shoulder, and he's yeah. like, "Hey, whatever," and he's like, "Hey, get off, get off," and then he realizes that Julian has passed. You know, he's gone. He died. Yeah, I mean, he's gone. I mean, it's just you know, and it's kind of one of those. It, it's a sad. It's sad. But it's also one of those you see it coming from a long way away. But and there's it, also a story okay. that Clay tells at the yes, graveside about his mom dying when he was five. Yeah. yeah, 
And that is just for that story and realizing exactly what a train wreck and how sad this movie is. Mm-hmm. You need to go watch the movie just for that story. Yes, that's true. That movie. very, and it's funny because it kind of feels like a tack on in some ways, but it's very poignant. Yeah. on top of it all, of, uh, and so I mean, it's just, you know, the life of, of a tra- a tragic figure who died tragically. Yep. you know, is basically what it comes down to. And hopefully, you know, it's kind of one of those things. Again, I haven't. I don't know anything about the sequel or anything, you know. I so haven't actually read the sequel, so I don't know. Yeah, so you know, you kind of wonder what happened to Blair and Clay afterwards, you know, because yeah. it was one of those things that she had finally agreed to go back east with him. Yep, and just to get away from all this and start new. You know, she has her moment where those same girls we were talking about—they're standing around and they're doing bumps of coke, and one of them's nose starts bleeding, and she says oh, something about, "Oh, I've got rusty pipes, pipes or something," <laughs> and she kind of has that what's going this no i don't want to i don't want to be this this it, is it, was, it yeah. was kind of like looking in a mirror right for right oh i just get nosebleeds mm-hmm. yes because of the amount of peruvian yeah you're putting exactly up your nose. It, yep kills it kills the membranes up there just yeah terribly so let's talk about the soundtrack i have the soundtrack pulled up i here. i do too uh lots of covers on here okay uh you have uh, aerosmith covering rock and pneumonia and the boogie woogie flu uh, Roy Orbison, and this is played. I and I love because this is kind of all over the place. You know, like the soundtrack in some ways. Yeah. But uh, life fades away. Or Roy Orbison. This is where Poison did their cover of Kisses Rock and Roll All Night. Yep. We've got LO Cool J with Going Back to Cali, which is a solid song. Yeah. I loved hearing it again. You've got Slayer with Inagata Devita. Their cover of that. You've got Glenn Danzig doing You and Me, in parentheses less than zero. Yeah. You've got Public Enemy with Bring the Noise, which is awesome. You've got the the Black Flames doing Are You My Woman. You've got Joan Jett with She Lost You. Yep. You actually have The Doors with Moonlight Ride. It's not on the soundtrack, though. The, the, this is the actual... The, this is the, the official soundtrack here. Well, that, The soundtrack I'm looking at... Has, You're looking at Spotify, right? Spotify puts all the songs that are in the movie. Mm. Uh, that's not on the soundtrack. Gotcha. Um... Uh, you've got How to Love Again, which is Orange Juice Jones with Allison Williams. And then the one we all remember, which is the Bengals covering A Hazy Shade of Winter. Yep. Which is an amazing song. Yeah. And fits this movie perfectly. Yes, it I does. mean, perfect. And that's the whole thing, too, with watching this. I remember seeing that music video, like, on repeat, you know, at the time oh, yeah. MTV was running it all the time, and of course it's got scenes like from the movie. Min- yeah, every ten minutes, it's got scenes so. from the movie. So it's one of those things that again, a lot of the the scenes that I remembered going into this were from that music video, which again is yeah. that you know is this you know certain things. Um, there are others like you know, the Jimi Hendrix. They use fire in yep. it. I mean, there, there's quite a few other songs that are that are used. In, you know, the Doors are, and um, I'm trying to think who else. I remember like some notable thoughts. Like, oh yeah, they, they use that. Well, you had Public Enemy bring the noise. Right. Um, yeah, that's on the soundtrack. Yeah. Um, Count Five with psych- Psychotic Reaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, you actually had Christmas in Hollis with mm-hmm. Run DMC. Yes, that's right. You yes. had Bump and Grind with David Lee yep, Roth. Yep, yep, I remember that uh, one as well. You had Fight Like a Brave, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Right. You had The Little Devil with The Cult. Yes, the, I remember hearing that Cult song too. I was yeah. like, oh, dude, yeah. So yeah, there's all I songs love, that didn't make the soundtrack, that's, but they're that's in the a movie. band that I absolutely cult, love I that most people are like, who? The Cult is like, most people know Firewoman. Yeah. But then they don't know much beyond that. I'm like, no, 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 no. You need to get into these guys. They, uh, yeah. Yeah, amazing. And, um, but... They did. A, I thought, you know, especially like you know, some of the like I said, there's a bunch of covers on there. Slayer doing Inagata Devita is just odd for one yeah. thing, um, and probably the lightest I've ever heard. Yeah, Slayer I know, play. I know. But it's still kind of one of those things where when you look at that late '80s California Gen X, you know, unaccompanied. You yeah. know, not, you know, again, you were going back talking about the, you know, with, when Clay comes in and nobody greets yeah. him. And like, well, when Blair and, goes and Blair home. goes home for Christmas and her dad and his dad's too busy having sex with his girlfriend or whatever. Who's evidently the same age as Blair. Yeah, somewhere in there to even yeah. come out and, and, and say, you know, to, to see her, you know. And it's just like, oh, my goodness, you know. And, of course, you get into the Julian of it all. and Yeah, and he's been completely kicked right. out of his house yeah and his brother even hates him right because he right. breaks into the house at one point and 
mouths off to his dad. Right. His little brother's about to murder him. Right. You know, and so it, it's a. Uh, like I said, the Gen X of it all, you know, yeah. the, of the uh, no parental guidance whatsoever, you know, just go do, yeah. hey, leave me alone. I've got, I've got stuff I've got to do. I've got, I've got a life I've got to take care of. You know, you, you go figure your own, you know, yeah. figure it out yourself. And, um, but it's a really good movie. I really enjoyed it. Uh, like I said, it, it's hard to watch some, it's, some parts of it. Oh no, the whole thing's hard yeah. to watch. Um, I mean, it's, it's dark and as dark as the movie is, it doesn't hold a candle yeah. to the book. Well, there you go. So, so that's our suggestion. <laughs> go read the book, <laughs> or Dave's suggestion, I should say. Uh, just, just be prepared. You're going to get scarred. Yeah. Well, but it, like I said, as far as movies in the the Gen X pantheon, this one definitely ranks in the probably the top twenty or thirty. You know, top I don't, twenty-five. Top twenty-five, maybe. Yeah. Call it top twenty. You call it like twenty-three. Yeah, somewhere in there. I mean, 22. it's it, you know, it's not quite. A clerks or a or a um, a breakfast club, especially you know. Yeah. But it is. But this was definitely a touchstone. Exactly. You know, in, in, in all and not that. just with the Brat Pack, but as you know, because you know you get in a lot of those Brat Pack movies, and it's like okay, yeah, it's it definitely goes in here because it's got a lot of the same act, you know people from the Brat Pack. Yeah. You know? But it's still one of those like oh, this is like. This is the Guns N' Roses to hair metal, <laughs> where it's like, okay, we're, we're, we're going down the street, we're going down the street, we're going down the street, we're all here together, we're having a good time, and all of a sudden, we've turned off down this dirty alleyway, and we're not sure if we're going to survive. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of exhilarating and kind of scary, and I don't know if I'm going to survive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everybody remembers the 80s as bright colors and pastels and jams Which is all true. and jellies Which and is all true. this great pop music. But everybody forgets about the seedy side with... And it was everywhere. With the sex and the drugs and, and the hedge funds and, and Wall Street. Yep, and, and, and the crashes and the... And and the honestly, the, the drug... Eventually crack. The, the crack, the... the, the crack epidemic and the yep. i mean and literally epidemic thank you cia yeah as well as everything else that that happened and that's one of, that's always one of my complaints whenever i watch a movie that's that's made now that's that's set in the 80s the it's revisionist like revisionist history dude it. it's, it's like, all like oh everything is like well first off yes people wore neon clothes yeah. not every day and not everybody okay yeah um parachute pants were a thing okay i knew one person who wore parachute pants you now have two Okay, but I'm talking about like whenever I was like, I yeah. legitimately, like, I knew last season, I knew a couple people. I had an older cousin who wore them, but I only saw him wear them like twice ever. You know, it was in like. In fact, one of my outfits was those black parachute pants and like a camouflage muscle shirt. Well, there you go. So, you know, I mean, that was peak of right 80s dressing right there. And we're talking about grade school. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and that's, but, but it's one of those, like I said, all that stuff, you know, like as far as the neon, I remember girls wearing yeah. a lot of like neon shirts and oh, stuff. I had, I had bright pink ocean Pacific long seat, long yeah, sleeve t-shirts. Yeah, but, but it's still one of those things where it was like out of the hundred, like if you had like, you know, a hundred people in your class, yeah. you know, like total, it was one of those things where like maybe, you know, 10% of them were wearing that. Most of the rest, everybody else was just wearing jeans and t-shirts and, yeah. you know, whatever, you know? So I had a, I had a good mix of pretty much all the fashion now, at that point. I did go to a private school. Yeah. So, Oh, there, there, I did. No, there was no uniforms. Oh, really? No, but we okay. did. We, and we had a, we had a dress code, but oh. it was still one of those things that like going to a private school when you have the people that are going there, like myself, who are, who are not rich. And then you had people who were going there who were extremely wealthy. Yeah. You would see a lot more of the fashion stuff from them than you would from those of us who were in the corner trying to be trying to just not stay out of the way you know it's i had a, a little bit of it all yeah i mean i had everything from you know the jams and the bright pink i remember yeah, shirts. Jams, yeah i That's had a, i had one of those um white beach suits you know for like sundays wow. and all that i never had the white the yeah i never had the, the miami I, vice suit, i had so i had the a, i had the white miami vice now i knew people who did yeah I, now admittedly like i i had a friend who had one but i also know, wore just a, like a lot of jeans and t-shirts a lot of, i've i've always yeah been a jeans and t-shirt guy i mean that's oh, I have you too. know and uh but you know you're trying to back to our episode fails attempt at being cool right a lot of that was you know me trying to fit in and, right 
you know, my life got a lot better once I realized there's no chance there's of me no, ever exactly, fitting exactly, ever anywhere. Exactly. And that was, yeah, exactly. I agree with that. So, and, you know, now I'm down to, you know, jeans, t-shirts, Chuck Taylors all the time. <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't changed at all. And except for the fact that I'm wearing, I am, I'm wearing Chuck Taylors now instead of boots. That's about <laughs> my biggest thing, you know, that I've, that I've, I wouldn't mind having another set of docks, but I can afford yeah, the Chuck Taylors. Yeah, exactly. So in fact, that's probably what I'm doing tomorrow. Oh, there you go. I want to do lunch tomorrow. Okay. Sounds like a plan. So anyways, guys, now that you know what we're doing for the weekend, uh, when this airs, we'll have already gone, apparently. Um, so <laughs> thank you so much for um, for joining us again for the Project Gen X podcast. If you would, go and like us on uh, Facebook and Instagram, all I've, the stuff. Sarah, and I've, we have something new. Well, I've Also, I've been trying to post some stuff over on the Facebook yes, page. Yes, I have again, noticed some stuff so. coming through Facebook. Yeah. Uh, but we are now on Discord. And if you don't know what Discord is, I don't even know how to begin to tell you. But we've we've linked I'm on up. Discord and I don't have a clue what yeah, it is. Exactly. So I'm, I'm kind of the same I'm, way. Yeah. But I do know it's it's kind of a new it's it's a neat thing where you know people like we can go in there and talk about stuff. Like it's, it's like it's like a it's like a it's a, a message a, it's board a message type, board thing, type but, but it's in real also, time. It's you in know? real time. Yeah. There's actually like messaging. There's all kinds, and you can and you can like you can basically you can hashtag stuff like. So, like subject matter in there yeah. and you can talk just about that like in that group you know, or in yeah. that kind of stuff it's pretty neat we I, got into it with a, another with uh, the, I'm gonna call them out I'm I'm blaming uh, John, George John and, and Mo, Mo over yeah. at Grown Up Gen X Grown Up Gen yeah. X Grown Up yeah that, that was uh, they're the first ones I heard talking about Discord I've heard it a lot since then I guess that was probably about a year and a half ago when they first started talking about it yeah and uh, I eventually well, we succumbed so <laughs> so yes we're over there but we actually have our own server so come over and yeah come on the, the come link on. will be in the show Friends notes us, yeah, right the, about here yeah the link well i'm gonna say the link is it definitely in the show yeah. notes and um, there's not a whole lot there yet but we're working on well it. it's all about building a community is what it comes down to and if you guys you know or you got, have discord or if you're interested in it go over and you guys haven't been emailing you haven't been really talking to us yeah. on facebook so we're going to give you another avenue to exactly, actually exactly you know hang out we're all and, there and um, and complain about our subjects absolutely or suggest new ones or whatever it is yeah so thank you once again guys um what do you want to go out with well, first off i'm gonna point my finger at gen x grown-up for <laughs> doing this to me and let's go out with um hazy shade of winter okay i was gonna open with that but we'll do that too so we'll just we'll open and close with it how about that <laughs> actually i think you ought to open with uh, going back to cali might do that we'll see we'll definitely close with with, with uh hazy shade of winter absolutely so, guys uh, thanks for being here yes we appreciate it i am alan smith i'm the other guy big dave and we'll see you next time see ya yeah.